What is going on, brother? What is up, baby? Mm. How you living? Living good, living good. See you in your new place now. See you, uh, got everything set up. Yes, sir. Wow, look at look look at that brand new house. Brand new house. You can house. see the new on it, huh? You can see the new on it. I can smell the new one. I can smell the brand new paint, too. I smell. Hey, it tastes good, hard, too. We got the hard wire all upstairs. Everything hard wired, the whole house. Wow. So, hey, if you need that in your house in Arizona, the dude, I already got his number. He's like, look, you need anything, you let me know. I travel. <laughs> I was like, all right, man. I love that. I love that. How are the girls? Are the girls adjusting pretty well? Uh, no, they're not doing great at all. They, they miss their house, which is to be expected, you know? Yeah. There's not a lot of, uh, uh, ways you can make a kid not miss their friends and especially them being autistic and stuff. Like they just need to be, damn, this camera, this camera blurry. Um, when you sit back, you know, into your thing, it kind of gets kind of blurry right there. That's perfect. I mean, your fucking hair is looking great. I mean, would you, how often do you shampoo that damn thing? Uh, I mean, every other day at least. Every other day at least. You don't let that Indian oil get into the to the roots and let that thing no, just. No, I don't use condi- I don't use conditioner every time. Oh, okay. Well, you, you're supposed to use conditioner every time. You're not supposed to wash it every time. Oh, I didn't know that. What you drinking? <laughs> I look. I mean, I mean, like, why you know more about hair? Like, I mean, look at you. Look at me. Like, why you know more about hair than I do? <laughs> oh God, you're fucking <laughs> reacting. <laughs> Oh, You're like, shit. well, damn, I, I guess. <laughs> well, like, I thought you would want clean hair. Like, well, I, I mean, your hair has a natural oils to it. So you just want to condition it every single day. And then, right. you know, I got hair. I got a beard. So I just wash it every three days. See, look at that. I can't believe. Don't ever cut it, though. Don't don't ever cut it. I can't. Woo. It looks good, oh. baby. It looks good. Not, not looking like uh, uh, Fabio or something, bro. It's hard to hear through the headphones like this, though. You got to put it back like Legolas. You got to put it back in the ponytail and then just get it uh, on your ears. Not, it's not long enough for a ponytail yet, but, I mean, you ain't wrong about that. What about a top knot? You can do a top knot. I ain't doing no man bun. I got to look. I, I look like Fair Fawcett in the male form. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. We got a lot to cover today. A lot of cover today, man. I feel like this weekend there's a lot of freaking fights. I mean, we got... Uh, the UFC, we got Leon Edwards taking on Kamar Usman. I was just doing my homework on that one. What you think? Okay, you okay, think? all right. You don't want to break down the rest of the card, okay? Uh, well, here, here. I'll, I'll start it off then, just so I don't like, so you know I know my own information. Okay, so, okay. They fought in 2015. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of fighters didn't even, you know, people watching uh, fighting now didn't even know that they had fought before. And yep. um, I think they said it was... Um, Shoot, it was Leon Edwards' 13th fight and I think Usman's 8th fight. So they were both very raw compared to what they were now. And basically the way the first fight went is, you know, Usman can take him down anytime he he wanted to, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what ends up happening when you have a striker versus somebody who can wrestle, right? Edwards just became very stationary, right? He just kept worrying about being taken down. Now, to Edwards' credit, or maybe it's not even Edwards' credit, but Usman's fault, Usman doesn't really do jiu-jitsu. He's a wrestler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he wrestles and takes down. So whenever Usman would get him down, you know, Edwards was able to kind of get back up. And I think he almost even, you know, he attempted a submission on him, I believe. Um, so I – and for 
Edwards, that is one thing that he has been working on a whole bunch is his jujitsu. Um, so it'll be interesting to me to see if he's going to get paralyzed again by w- fearing that takedown. Um, or if he's going to be able to, you know, he needs to get on his bike. He needs to be stationary when he was fighting other strikers, you know, his, he was more fluid and moving around and stepping back. And when he, when you saw he fought Usman, he took him down that first time. Then all of a sudden he just standing there, right? He don't want to get taken down. And then you're seeing, you know, Usman is not, he's got a lot more power because obviously his, you know, he learned how to, he learned how to punch. When you watch the Edwards fight, he's just flailing away. And obviously he can still knock you out. He's a big dude. Um, but there was a lot of times where he would just come forward and Edwards is just trying to catch him coming in. You know what I mean? He's not moving around. He's not doing, he's just trying to, to counter him. And he did land a, a punch or two like that. Um, but you just see the difference in styles. They always say styles make fight, but I think on Usman's side, I think he wants to knock him out. Right. U- Usman, when you saw him fight, um, Oh, what's the guy's Cody. Isn't that his name? What's the, mm. what's the, the Trump guy? Colby Covington. Colby, yeah, Colby. <laughs> God, my brain was my brain. You saw like he didn't want to he didn't want to take down Colby, right? Like they just they just straight up fought. So it'll be interesting to me to see if Usman um is gonna go to that ground game, knowing that he has been working on his jujitsu. And you know, like I said, he's all about well, he's a wrestler. Yeah. When he takes you down, he's wrestling you and controlling you. So he's not really you know, he can ground and pound you and stuff like that, but Edwards was able to get back up almost every time just because obviously, you know, wrestling is about taking a person down and wrestling them, right? Jiu-Jitsu is about, you know, getting position and, and, and getting ready for submissions and, you know, putting them in, in precarious, precarious positions <laughs> where you have like a Tito Ortiz. He's just going to stand up on you and beat your ass, right? You don't know no fucking Jiu-Jitsu. So yeah. that's my thoughts on it. I think Edwards is going to have a tough, tough time. Um, cause you saw in that first fight, um, Usman is the stronger guy by far. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though he's a good, Edwards is a good striker, right. It, it'll take a lot, you know, to get the knockout on Usman. He's a big, strong, powerful guy. So that's the other thing I thought he was doing in that first fight. I thought he got a little worried about him being stronger and being able to kind of take him down that he was looking for that one big punch and it, it kind of just, you know, derailed his whole game. Yeah, but I got Usman. You got Usman. Okay, just, okay. Well, the game pack yeah. goes with Usman. I think your 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 breakdown is pretty knowledgeable. Obviously, uh, I think the biggest thing uh, I think on the on his feet, I think Leon Edwards has advantage. He's lighter on his feet as you see in his highlights right now. Uh, a southpaw, which is going to be uh, which is opposite if you know that of uh, orthodox. Part. Well, I yeah. Know. That's the other thing I didn't mention. He didn't really, he wasn't really switching stances back then when he fought that first fight. So that is another thing that uh, Usman is going to have to worry about is he does switch back and forth from stances now quite a bit. Yeah, and I think Leon has Leon's has the better hands, uh, lighter in his feet. But I don't know if he has the power. But sometimes it doesn't take a a lot of power to knock somebody out in those little ass gloves, right? And obviously Leon is a high volume, a high volume puncher 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 <clears throat> so i think if leon is able to control distance land that body kick i think he's gonna have you know he's gonna give uh kamar usman a lot of fucking trouble right that's the that's the biggest thing i i see going into this this fight obviously leon's gonna have to defend the takedown because we all know kamar usman as of right now he's the power best fighter in the world according to all the mixed martial arts media outlets 
in the UFC. So, but if Kamar Usman cannot get that takedown, you know, we saw what he did to, you know, as you call him, aka Trump boy, uh, Kobe Covington. He was able to, dr- <laughs> he, he was able to drop him multiple times. Um, I'll strike him. I think he broke his jaw. Um, we saw what he did to Jorge Masvidal. Uh, I mean, his striking Absolutely. is just getting better and better. It's become leads and bounds. Now he's training, training with Trevor Whitman. <clears throat> and I think the biggest thing is just going to come down to who's going to mix it up. Like, if I have to pick somebody, man, this is, this is one fight I cannot pick. You know, because I, I believe in Leon Edwards. He's going to be able to go out there and mix it up and, and do something different. You know, if I have to question something, it's going to be questioning Leon Edwards' uh, conditioning. And his takedown defense, because we we all seen Kamar Usman's takedown. Defense. I mean, his his condition, his conditioning. He's a grinder. He's a wrestler. He brings it every single time. And we have not yet seen him get tired. And fuck, you see that man's body is built like a fucking African god. So I I don't I don't foresee him getting yeah, tired. Yeah, I mean, he's an Adonis. So okay, let me ask you this: If you're Leon Edwards, or if you're you, and you're facing somebody who you know has the advantage and can take you down. How do you combat that without doing what he did in the last fight and become stationary and not being able? Because you know that's the one thing is he was he moved so well and he didn't do that the first fight and I think it's because he was so worried about the takedown. How do you? That's something that's kind of ingrained in your brain that it freezes you all of a sudden because you start thinking and you stop fighting and once you start thinking, I think that's when you kind of you know what I mean. You second guess yourself because you're not reacting anymore off your natural stuff. How does he? How is he going to be combat? those takedowns he's just got to fight he's got to throw things in front of him he's got to be able to throw knees throw that throw that body kick be light on his feet change change directions right that's the biggest thing he can do and then mix up his punches and bunches right like once the athlete starts focusing more on trying to defend a takedown then you don't get to see the athletes complete game so if edwards right. if edwards can go out there and just fucking let his hands go and start kicking in because you know you go back in the previous fight with uh uh, Usman versus Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington was giving it to him on the feet. He just he just lacked the power. Yep. He just lacked Absolutely. the power yeah. to hurt mm-hmm. uh, Kamar Usman. So, um, and right here you see those two fighting right now. I mean, <clears throat> catching them and you know right there. I think we've seen um, Usman was beating the hell out on the ground. So it's yeah. just gonna come down. So to... that's the other thing is like, can, she, can he just be, since the last fight when they you know when he did take him down, he really wasn't able to do much with it. Is this a situation where you're like, screw it. If he takes me down, he takes me down. I'll just get back up and you don't worry about the rest of it. I mean, if he, you still have to be weary for it. I mean, you still got to be worried. You still got to be worried about it. But, you know, like you said, I think Kamar Usman, when he does take people to the ground, he's not like a jiu-jitsu practitioner. N- not saying he doesn't right. know jiu-jitsu. I'm sure mm-hmm. he knows how to pass guard. You know, your basic armbar. Right. Kimura. It's just something he doesn't utilize in his fight, whether he feels like it's not comfortable or that's what he doesn't want to do. I'm not saying he doesn't know how to do it. I'm just saying it's just not something he displays or he hasn't had to display yet. Maybe that's what it is. He hasn't had to, you know, break out his jujitsu has been working on or whatever. He basically wrestles and gets you down and he tries to pound you. Exactly. Exactly. So I think for Leon Edwards, if, if he does get taken out, he's just got to focus on, you know, framing, keeping his keeping himself safe, work back to his feet. And if he's able to land a submission, land a submission. But, I mean, you know, looking at this highlight reel of fucking Kamar Usman, I mean, he's just always pressuring his opponent. He's always pushing pushing the fight, never gassing. And that's where I think it's going to give him the opportunity to get the, you know. If I, if I had to fucking pick, if I had to pick, if there was a loaded gun to my head, which there isn't, I would have to go with uh, Kamar Usman. I mean, 
I mean, he's just super athletic. Um, he he's he's one of the best in the world at uh, welterweight. Probably going down as one of the <clears throat> greatest welterweights of all time. But I, I I just don't I don't see how Leon gets it done. I mean, it, it's gonna be a Absolutely. long road for Leon to get it done if if he can get it done. So we'll see. Well, well see. and it's like you said, you know, some pe- like he is a genetic freak. You know what I mean? The way that his he's built. You know, he even when he didn't even know how to really. And I, of course, I say this as a, a person who is not a fighter, but you know, you have the person, people who are you know know how to box and know how to punch. And back in that other fight, he didn't really know how to utilize his power, and he still had way more power than Leon and he didn't, he wasn't even throwing his strikes correctly. And now that's what he's been working on. Obviously a lot of people thought he was the most boring fighter in the world. Cause that's what he would do. He would just <laughs> control you, you know, well, you know how the fans, if, if, if you just start wrestle fucking, they call it, yeah, they don't yeah. like it. They don't think it's a show. So unless you're uh, someone who appreciates the actual martial art or, you know, um, understand what's going on there, that he's not just whatever, uh, so that's why I think Edward's best chance is to take advantage of his he to me he's going to be very overconfident going in mm. because you know he won he Usman won the first fight right he just basically controlled the whole fight on the ground is that that's pretty much what happened yeah 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 <clears throat> and so now he's like okay I beat this guy already when I didn't even know how to punch right and he wants to make it exciting for the fans and all that so I think you know he's obviously going to make leon think about take so he might take him down instantly and just be like yep just like just like 10 years ago you know what i mean <laughs> yeah you remember this you remember yeah, this? Like yeah. just to get it in his thing and you know they would show usman uh even after he would attempt something he would even faint the takedown and just use that to his advantage yep. and edwards would have to honor it because you know he'd get taken down all the time the frames have dropped a couple times for me but then they've bounced back so yeah i think leon edwards has his work cut out for him Obviously, he's a professional. He works hard. Um, but I just think Usman possesses too many things that he can use at his disposal if he's going to win a fight. And I only I think Leon has fewer avenues to get to that W than Usman does. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, Vargas, we see you in there. We see you in the chat being vocal. Why don't you go ahead and raise your hand? We'd love to get your beautiful bald face on this, on this camera to see what <laughs> you think. I'd love to get your, your piece on this Kamar Usman versus Leon Edwards. If there's anybody else in the chat, we would love to get your guys' feedback. Just raise your hand. We'll bring your ass in here. And I'd love to see what you guys think about Kamar Usman versus Leon Edwards. Because it, it is a big fight for the welterweight division. Because there's a Absolutely. lot of people. You know, you have Hazmat Machida, who's coming up. And he's fighting Nate Diaz next. And we will see what happens. Oh, my gosh. He has no camera. Mm, that's very unfortunate. Okay. Moving on. Uh, so, so you got Usman. You got Usman. Usman. You said, okay. I, Credit I, to Edwards though, because he's obviously worked really hard to get the, this position, and you, you don't get a shot like this unless you put in the work and put in the hours. One thousand percent. We're not. We're not discrediting you. We're not discrediting you, Leon Edwards. It's, it's not like we don't think we get it done. But we I have, want Leon to win. Hey, I want. But if I'm putting money on it, oh, which he, I am. He's got money on it. <laughs> he, he's got money on it. <laughs> now he's in Arizona. He's like, I'm gonna go ahead, go do me a little gambling. Yes, sir. We gonna broke quick here <laughs> <laughs> okay all right moving on to the next fight oh man this one is yeah. this right this here is a banger. A, this was a banger i mean I, banger. I i think this one has fight tonight candidate written all over the motherfucker i mean i do, I do. could be the fight of, of the century as far as i'm concerned i mean it could it could, it could be the fight of this century i mean each time this guy is in a fight 
you know, I, I'm gonna start with the, the posing, the posing guy. Okay, he's, okay. He, he, each time this guy's in a fight, it's always. I mean, uh, well, let me let me start with this is the person I want to win. Luke motherfucking Rockhold. Luke mm-hmm. Rockhold is an absolute specimen. I mean, he was he was chiseled, creating the image of the gods, Hercules himself. Look at the the pectorals, the abs, the hair, just a god himself. I mean, Luke Rockhold, ex middleweight champion, <clears throat> ex Strikeforce champion. I mean, the guy's been around forever. The biggest thing people don't really realize about this guy is that he's been through a lot, had a lot of great battles, been in the game forever. And the biggest secret, I think his biggest, his greatest tool is his fucking jujitsu. His jujitsu on the yeah, ground absolutely. is absolutely amazing. But, you know, you don't see a lot of it in his UFC days. But back in the day, man, he had, you know, he, he was just good. I've heard um, he was fighting one of our teammates, Tim Boach, and we worked extensively on defending his career because he was so good at it and man if luke rock can go out there and do, do what he does best which is mix it up he's got to go out there he's got to use that reach he's got to use you know that championship uh caliber you know what's what i'm looking for J- just the experience you know he's been a champion he's been somewhere where paulo costa has not which is the championship status and you don't get there by Absolutely. just you know he's- Go ahead, baby. Go ahead, baby. He's the better fighter overall. You know what I mean? He has he has way more tools at his disposal. Again, we talk about the tools. And, you know, he has an enormous advantage on the ground. And he's just the better mixed martial artist if you're comparing the two. I mean, obviously, Costa is a scary opponent because, like, you know, he sometimes just is a zombie walking forward trying to knock your head off. But um, I, I think I agree with you. I, you know, I think kind of the narrative right now is that rock holds old and he's, he's burned, he's worn out or whatever. Um, but you don't get to where he's getting without being elite. And it's as much, uh, physical gifts as Costa has. I don't think he's an elite fighter. You take some of his <laughs> size and his strength away from the him. Yeah. And he's nowhere, he, you know, some people rely on this, their pure athleticism, and they don't really go past that. And now when you, again, when you look at uh, Paulo, like he's a fucking phenomenal athlete in general, right? Like he could be bagging groceries, or whatever. And you see this man walking down the street, you're like, oh, dude, this guy's a fucking beast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to take Luke Rockhold because I just think he's he's a better on uh, on the ground. I think he's better everywhere. He has to watch out for the power. Um, and like, see, Paul Costa hasn't really beaten anybody that impressive, has he? I mean, like, he when he's won, like, you're like, oh my god, this guy's crazy. But like, who is he? Who has he beaten? And then you go back to like you said about Rocco, like he's been there and done that. He's faced Paul Costos before, you know what I mean? He's faced guys who are, you know, big and strong and mean and nasty. And I, I just think that, like you said, his his experience uh, against a, a opponent like this, I think, is gonna just show in spades. It better. It better for his sake because I mean it has shown in the past that you know this Luke might be Ro- it right if he I mean it could it could be Luke Rockhold's last this- fight depending on how you know you did mention he is thirty seven years old I-, I love to see him compete he looks phenomenal I mean I don't know if you saw the weigh-ins the man weighed in Absolutely. looking great uh, and I mean right here in this highlights you're seeing so much of his all his complete game to where I felt like when he had his his previous fights when he went up to light heavyweight I didn't think that was the best um, idea move wise for his weight because he is a big fucking middleweight right i think he's the same height as john jones when i seen him live and he's fucking massive right 
Um, it, you know, when I look at him, it's like looking up, you know, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk. He's just so damn tall. So, with that being said, as long as you go out there and he puts the game completely together, he's going to come out of this victorious, and then we'll see what happens. Because I think the middleweight division needs fresh blood. I think Luke Rocco coming back into the picture in the middleweight division is good. Now, on the flip side, you know, there is a fucking nasty monster named Paulo Costa on the other end of this of this, this fight. And Paulo Costa is no joke. I mean, he has super athletic. He's very, he's very come forward, great combinations, throws with bunches, you know, bunches, bunches and bunches, and he can take a shot. I mean, his fight against Joel Romero was probably like, holy shit, this guy, who is this guy? I think that was his coming out party. But then it was, he, it absolutely was. But then he kind of had, then he kind of had some downfall when he went against, you know, guys like Izzy Adesana, uh, uh, Marty Victory, <clears throat> was another gentleman that he uh, recently just lost to. Izzy, uh, Marvin Victory, and then there was another. Well, he also had a lot of weight issues as well because he Absolutely, he dude. is. I mean, he is a freaking. He's, he's big, a beast of a guy, dude. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He, he he he's a big boy. Hey, let's, let's, he let's could be that. he could be fighting in two in 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 a division two above what he's fighting in right yeah. now. That's how big. He is. <laughs> He's a big, he could have, he could be hold three belts if he could fight in each one of those divisions. You know, he has that kind of, uh, that kind of power. So, but like you said, I think once he got to the Izzy fight and that was, that was one of the most hyped fights, you know what I mean? And yeah, because everyone it, wanted to bang after that Romero fight he had. And then it was a complete and utter disappointment as far as fight fans, right? Neither of them were going to give a, any ground, and Izzy's the one with the belt, so you know he retained the belt. You know they both weren't going; they wanted to counter punch or whatever. And I don't; I think that might have hurt his confidence because even like Dana White was kind of shitting on him a little bit, right? So when you come out, you're like, "Hey, I gave you a chance to to blah 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 blah," and then you know all of a sudden he's a disappointment. <laughs> but but you see in this like this clip here, he's... I mean, all he has to do is touch you one time, man, and that is. Well, here, I mean, Rocco like... Rocco has to be very smart. Yes, do not get... If, if Rocco gets an exchange like this, that's when Rocco's going to get in trouble, right? Like, don't don't test your chin against a guy who's willing to go out there and no. just bang because he knows that his chin's going to outlast yours. I have experience with this when I fought against yep. Rodting. I took that ass down and choked him out. But with Paul Acosta, yes, it's like, sir. dude, he loves to come forward and he loves to get his hands up and just throw combinations, combinations, combinations. I mean... That's all he does. You never seen. I never. I don't think I ever seen Paulo Costa. You know, do a double A takedown, pass somebody's guard, and look for. Um, I don't think so. A, a submission. He 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 walks forward across the distance, and he wants to bang like this. If Luke Rocco gets in a, an exchange like this, then we can see my man Luke go down on, on his shield. But if he can mix it up, go the kicks. Oh, it could be a qu- it could be a quick night. It could be a quick night. Yeah, you, you're asking. I mean, it could be a quick night if he starts exchanging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Paul just gets in that ass. I mean, he just walks forward. I mean, these start... grown men are just covering up and cowering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker was like this, like stop. Like, God, please like stop it. Bully was beating his ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that was just. Yeah, he's nasty, man. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think this fight's gonna be. On Paul's side, like... he could be looking at this fight. He could be looking at this fight like, "Hey, I'm back. I'm gonna bury this motherfucking dude." You know what I mean? It's a bit. It's a name people know. Yep. But obviously, you know, Luke is past his prime, so I wouldn't be surprised if he came out and just fucking again. If 
it's all about if Luke, how smart Luke Rockhold's going to fight. Yep. If he even wants to dance for 30 seconds up in there, that could be it. That could be the fight for him. Yeah, we'll, we'll find he out. He's older and his chin is weaker, you know. So, well, you know, I mean, so, but I, I'm going with Rockhold. Like I said, I'm. I, he's been fighting smarter. You know what I mean? Like he's evolved a lot more. He's learned some lessons in these, you know, the the waning years of his career when he he took some losses, I believe. Yeah, and I think after his last off when he got his jaw broken, I think he took some time off away from the sport, which is always good. You know, him being 37, I, I don't mm-hmm. want to say it's kind of hard. Me being 36, and when people are like, "Man." You're not in your prime anymore. Like, I still feel like I'm in my prime, like, physically. Like, I have that grown man strength. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that I don't have going for me right now is I just don't recover as fast, right? I, I, I have to train smarter. I yeah. got to make sure my recovery is better. And that's about it. Other than that, like, you know, strength-wise, muscle-wise, I, I feel great. Well, no, you, your speed and your quickness is, is still there. Everything is still there for sure. Like you said, it's just the recovery time. And I think that's a testament to... Being black. The way that you fight, you always say like, "Hey, look, I'm I'm in yeah, <laughs> black don't cry." <laughs> but you always said, "Look, I'm in the business of not of not getting hit. You're an athlete, right? So you don't want to go in there and just exchange and get beat up and get bloody just for a little fucking ten G fight night bonus, right? You you've always had your long term health at the forefront of whenever you fight, and a lot of the, these guys don't do that. So I think that's um a big reason why you've been able to retain a lot of your speed and your quickness is because you haven't taken the abuse of some of these guys. Cause you are such a smart and intelligent fighter. Like you said, with Rotang, like you're not going to sit up there and trade with this fucking demon, dude. I'm going to take your ass down. <laughs> you said a fucking demon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Cause this is fucking demon. Uh, the biggest thing. Uh, so who do you got? Who do you got, brother? I- I'm going to go Ruckle. Like I said, I think the experience um, is going to be what what takes it for him. Rockhold. Okay, I'm going Rockhold. I, I just hope Rock can go out there and mix it up and not get caught in that gunfire uh, with Paulo Costa because, you know, when he is usually in the gunfires, this man just usually put, uh, puts people down, and we can't have that. We need, we need, I, need I need Lukey Dukey to come yeah, on back. Like, he's like the Godzilla when they had that in <laughs> Call of Duty. Oh, you don't want to face him straight up. Now. You, gotta, you, gotta, you, gotta, you know what I'm saying? You got to duck around, you know, throw a couple shots here and there and get around. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think the last, I didn't know this, this fight card was that stacked. Like for a card to go to fucking Utah with Usman yeah. and Edwards and Paula Costa and Rockhold. And then the third big one with Josie Aldo taking on Marab. Holy mm-hmm. shit. I mean, Josie Aldo, I mean, I, I don't even think I need to, you know, give him an introduction for what he's all accomplished in his sport of mixed martial arts. I mean, WEC, UFC, the first featherweight champion in the UFC. Uh, I think he how might old be. Is, how old is he now? He's got to be like 65, I think. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. He, I think he's 35. He's only 35. 35. Fuck, I'm older than him. Oh, he Jesus. Mary Joseph. Him. I thought he was Bro, older he than me. He must have been in the game at right, like early 20s because, I mean, He's had a couple different careers, you know, where he's been an elite fighter. Obviously, you have his um, Hall of Fame resume at the very beginning where he was just an absolute, you know, they they say he was the greatest division champ that division ever had. And he still might be. I don't know. Um, but then, you know, to be able to reinvent yourself at what he went down one division, right? Yeah. So he, he, yeah. So he started at 145 and he was like you said, he was probably the, uh, the greatest featherweight of all time. Uh, as a champion, and then 
Um, it's always funny when you see these guys. He's at 145 and he's already shredded. And he was, mm. doing, he was being very successful, but it just seems like people, as time goes on, it feels like people just get fucking bigger. Well, I, I don't know what it is, I but think, they, just take, they just get fucking bigger. I think it's the science and the technology allowing those bigger guys. Science and technology? What the fuck? Well, well, no, okay. Like, when you're able to cut weight, at, uh, you know, the way that you guys are now, people wouldn't have dreamed about that shit 20 years ago. You know what I mean? So the science and technology of how the human body works and stuff, it was allowing these guys who are – you know, 230 to fight at 180 fucking five. And mm. that gives you a big advantage. You know, I remember you were telling me a story about a guy one time and he would always kick everybody's ass, but all he was doing was, you know, cutting a bunch of weight. I don't remember who this guy was. It was someone in Washington or something. And it was like mm. on a local um, YMCA or something like that. And he's like, yeah, he would beat everyone's ass, but that's because he, you know, he was cutting weight three divisions down and he was just bigger than fucking everybody. And I think, that's an important advantage a fighter is trying to give themselves. Right. So yeah. like you would, you know, once you like, okay, when you fought Dom, you, all he did, you could tell Dom did not want to mix it up with your ass. Dominic Cruz, that fight. I was faster than him. I was well, faster were, than yeah, him. That's what I'm saying. Like you were putting it <laughs> on that motherfucker and he was just bigger. Right. I mean, he was able to pick you up and kind of stop you, but like you could tell he did not want any fucking smoke at all on your end when you were coming and mixing it up. He was playing very defensively. And again, he was able to control you and, you know, get the points needed to win the fight or whatever. But that's because he was a much bigger person than you. You know what I'm saying? So when you can just immediately give yourself a size advantage, if you're cutting weight, like for Jose at 145 going down to 135, now he's he's probably one of the biggest in that division right now, if I had to guess. Well, I think the biggest thing in him coming down from 145 to 135 yeah, he's probably on the same size as the champion, which is Aljamo Sterling. I know Aljo gets to 165 to 170, and now him fighting guys that are, I guess, on that level. Because the guys who come at 145, you know, Max Hall was a big fucking dude. That's where I felt like he ran into uh, problems at 145 is when he was fighting a guy like Max Holly, who's like probably, I think Max is 5'10", 5'11", 185. I think one time I was showing him in Hawaii, his big ass was at 190. You get some of that <laughs> sweet, sweet Hawaiian, uh, that barbecue. That was, barbecue. No, it wasn't. Whole, it wasn't barbecue. It was something else. It was a uh, moonshine, Hawaiian moonshine. So, oh, he um, was getting in. Yeah, Shout he, out Max Holloway. Yeah, we we're getting in. But so I think that's when he started running trouble at one forty-five. But you know, he beat the likes of Uri Faber, Chad Mendes, Mark Hominick, Um, you know, some of the legends of the one forty-one forty-five pound division. He also dominated WC as well. But I. I was sitting here chilling. I was like, man, all the spotlight's been on freaking Luke Rockhold and the main event. And so I'm like, when I saw mm-hmm. Josie was fighting, I was like, holy shit, I didn't even know Josie Otto was fighting. Like, that's fucking crazy. Like, that is crazy. Like, he will be third on the card. And he's, like I said, he's gone down to that division and made a name for himself. You know what I mean? He's already had a title shot, right? No, not at 135. He's, he's working his way. One- Actually, no, I think. Okay. Mm, uh, I feel like he did, but I feel like he didn't because I felt like he fought Peter Yan, and I'm not sure if that was for the interim title fight or if it was for a title fight. I feel like it was. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. I think you're right. I think it. Was, I think it was like an interim type deal, but I don't think he won. Yeah, no, he no, he lost. He lost to Peter Yan. Um, okay. but he's hoping that if he gets this win against Marab, which has been a fucking this guy has been freaking amazing, uh, when he's fighting. Like I, I just don't see it happening. 
But if he's able to get this win against Marab, then I think we can see Jose Aldo fighting the winner of uh, what do we think? Well, that's the hardest thing because he did beat Chito Vera. So, right. Aldo did G beat Chito Vera. I think and they Chito fought. is like on a different, you know what I mean? Yeah, Ch Chito. Uh, yeah, like yeah. last week, I mean, we had, if you guys missed uh, Nerds of Le Leisure episode two, we had, uh, we broke down the Chito Vera versus Domino Cruz. And we had one of our guests come in, Brother Lee. He came in and he picked the winner, Chito Vera, by knockout. Didn't pick the round, but he said, you know, he he felt that Domino Cruz didn't get knocked out by Cheeto Vera. So, when Cheeto Vera come off that win against Domino Cruz, I can only see that Cheeto Vera gets the next shot against the winner of TJ Dolshaw versus Aljama Sterling. And after that, we can give the title shot to... Uh, how about Peter Yan? The winner of Peter Yan and Sugar Sean Amali uh, faces Sugar Sean Amali versus uh, the winner of this, right? I, I think that's what they do next. No. That division's got a lot of fights to make. You know what I mean? There's a lot of talent in that particular division. So let, let, let's talk about you know the the the, the Dominic Cruz fight real quick. And this since we talked about it last week, what do you what do you think happened? Like when, like is that a thing where he's gotten older and he's just been able to get away with? Because I noticed that too. He always does that little when he's trying to escape. He you know he's dipping his head and he's putting himself in these awkward kind of positions. Um, where obviously when he was his prime, he was a generational talent guys like that who kind of paved their own way um that's what makes them great but once you start losing just a little bit you know what i mean of that speed of that quickness when you're fighting at the highest level like you guys do that's all it takes for something like that that you, you know what i mean is your style or whatever like you saw it with um what the, the spider silva right he used to do all this little fucking bullshit or whatever and it was <laughs> great because he can get away with it then all of a sudden he stopped getting away with those kind of things you know so it's like is it just a case of He's he's just again like he was winning that fight. He was what up for uh, nothing on that. I mean, he was putting it on him yeah. for the whole fight. But when you see that, like all it took was just and you could you could he was just like a shark. It was like you can hit me much as you want. I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna wait. You know what I mean? You can score the points. And when he when when Cheeto ever whenever he touched Dom. Dom felt that shit in his soul. You know what I'm saying? Like, that fucker, he obviously is hitting hard because Dominic Cruz, again, is a generational talent. Um, so when you see something like that, is it is it just, you know, just that's just what happened on that fight? Or is it when you lose a little something, those little things that make you part of your game and, like, make you, you know, Dominic Cruz, do those come back to haunt you a little bit? No, I think the biggest thing when happened in that fight against Dominic Cruz versus Chito Vera is that you saw somebody who just understood his game very, very well. I, I don't, I, like you said, Dom was looking great for the first four rounds, right? I agree. Yeah, it, I mean. It, it, it's fighting. You get touched, you're going to fall, right? Especially where Dom has been touched before by Cody Garnbrett and he, mm -hmm. he got dropped. So I think this aspect with Cheeto Vera, I think Cheeto did a good job of not overreacting to his movement like I did. That's what got me taken down so many times. Mm. Then he was also the same length, right? When Dom is able to mix it up with his movement and his punches and land the takedown, that's where Dominic Cruz is very, very effective. But <clears throat> the one thing in that fight, he was not able to land the takedown. So I think it was just paying dividends to Cheeto Vera, standing in front of him, waiting for the right time to land that head kick. Domino Cruz, you know, it's his fashion to go pop up and duck duck down right. out of the way. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, Cheeto Vera timed it perfectly, that left high kick. If Cheeto, if Cheeto never landed that, that high kick, 
Domino Cruz will be in the talks for the next title shot. But since he oh, did land, since he did absolutely. land it, then you know he got it done, right? So that's right. that's the thing. But it is what it is, right? I mean, shit, I've been fucking knocked the fuck out, and I was like, God damn it, and it was just you know it happened. Right to me, that was like a uh, in, in in to Cruz's credit, excuse me. Cheeto had tried to get that already a couple times in earlier in the fight. He tried to land that kick with him coming down and you know, he, he, he was able to avoid it. So, I mean, I, I agree. I feel like it was, it was just one of those things where it was a perfect storm where he, he just timed it coming in kind of like when you got knocked out, like it was just one of those flash moments where it's like everything lined up perfectly and you were just on the other end of it, you know? Yep. Yep. So it'd be a shame to see him, retire because man like you said he but minus the um the takedowns i mean he was putting it on him and like you said he knows his strengths and he knows his weakness and and he was um the superior fighter if you're talking about you know the art and the skill and the points that you're gonna do because he was up four rounds to nothing as far as i was concerned yeah he, he was doing good okay um now we we already talked about josie Adel. let's look at the opponent he's fighting a lot of you guys might not know of him know of him but marab dava uh, I'm gonna call him, just call him Rob because I don't know how to say his last Davavishli. name. Davavishli. Davavishli. Um, I, I I don't want to fucking butcher, but this man, he 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 he's like a fucking you know a tank too because he don't stop as, as well. Like he just keeps coming and coming, and I think I think his overall pressure can give Josie Aldo um trouble. You know, I think the biggest thing that made Josie Aldo so dangerous was his fucking leg kicks, and he's kind of got away from that, but. I think if he's able to just keep the pressure on him, I think we're going to see, you know, Marab, you know, just overwhelm Jose Aldo. Just overwhelm him. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading a quote here that says, you know, Jose Aldo, says, Jose Aldo said, he's not even going to get close to taking me <laughs> <laughs> I love that confidence. So, I love yeah, that confidence. You know, when you when you have to say something like that, you're obviously worried about it, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, I'm so, sure I'm sure he's worried like, about it, but I think he's just like, you ain't going to even get fucking close, close well, to taking I mean. me down. You know, so everybody thinks it's just a foregone conclusion. I think he's going to get him down no problem. Like you said, this dude is, uh, a lot of people don't know him. Admittedly, I didn't either before we started, I started looking at the fight, but the, the, he is an animal going forward that it just like he is reckless abandoned. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. He wants to eat. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck about anything else. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, in, in this highlight, you've seen uh, <clears throat> our one of the Marlon Marias uh, who fought Marab, hurt him, was was tearing him up on the feet. And, you know, Mar- Marlon fashion, he kind of blows his gas tank when he fights, which it's all good. You know, he goes out there. He, he's very exciting. I almost put Marab away, but Marab was a warrior. He, he pushed through and he was able to get the finish against uh, Marlon. So, I think if Marab comes out like this, you know, and Josie Aldo has his way with him on the feet, then I can I can see Josie Aldo beat him because he's kind of Josie's more seasoned, you know, world champion, the longest reigning welterweight um, welterweight featherweight champion of time in the UFC. So I think if he if he's able to hurt Marab, I, I'm I can see him putting him away. But if he doesn't hurt Marab, oh my God, have you ever seen a bear yeah. well, and a that's lamb? The thing, it's only three round fight. It's only a three-round fight. And, exactly. And Jose has a tendency to kind of just want to, you know, fuck around and just really get the timing, get the feeling down. <laughs> and if this other guy if this other guy comes out gangbusters, bro, like he's not going to have, you know, that 
that kind of time to have a feeling out process versus a guy like this. You know, like you said, if, if, if he's not able to touch him up early and quick, uh, this, when, if this guy kicks it into gear, I'm picking, I, I'm going against Jose on this one. What? You're going against Jose? Okay. Well, I'm going to go, I'm going with Jose. I got to go with the, you know, one of my favorite yep. fighters of all time, you know, especially remember when I, I met, remember I, I remember when I met him in uh, WC 48 in uh, California. That's when uh, WC had its first pay-per-view and he was there and I was like, Oh shit, it's Jose Aldo. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So <laughs> super excited about that fight. It's it's gonna be a dope fight. Like, I mean, that like, fight card alone is gonna be like when Benny like when Benny Batman Benny met you, you're his Jose Aldo, baby. No, Batman Benny, he fucking killed me all the time in fucking Tarkov. See, the problem with playing with Benny is he's always lit. Okay. People out there, if you don't know what lit is, is where you're drunk and high at the same time. They have to call that lit. That's a new term that the Gen Z's have been calling. I, I just found mm-hmm. it out. I was like, what are you doing? He goes, oh, that was you? Yes. Oh, my bad, bro. I'm sorry. I thought, oh, shit, man. I thought you died. I was like, yeah, I just fucking died because you killed me. Oh, <clears throat> uh, Benny, 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 Benny. All right. All right. Let's, let's, let's move on. I mean, do we have anybody in the chat that wants to come in and give their feedback? Just raise your hand. We're live on Zeke and Nerds of Leisure episode three. But as we wait for somebody to raise their hand, they want to come here and chat a little bit. Then we're going to move on to the next uh, fights this weekend. We're just going to do one of these. Just one of them. Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. I have no idea what number they're on. But Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, they got fucking Michael Venom fucking Page taking on Mike Platinum Perry. Oh, my God, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my, bare Knuckle? Oh, my gosh. I mean, if you if you are just looking for no mixed martial arts action whatsoever, don't look too far. Just go to BareKnuckleFightingChampionship.com. I don't know how much the pay-per-view is or if it's a pay-per-view or whatnot, but holy shit. When I saw their fighting, I was like, first off. That's crazy. Bare knuckle. And those guys are going to fucking throw. Like, Perry just doesn't care, dude. Yeah. First off, shout out to Bellator for giving, you know, Michael Venom Page the opportunity to go out and fight and make money. Because typically in mixed martial arts, Mm -hmm. once you're locked into a contract, your ass ain't going nowhere. Right? They don't want to, you know, they don't want to share each other's a likeness of that athlete and for him to take this fight against a dangerous opponent without using most of his greatest attributes, which is his knees and his kicks and his elbows and to get him to do fucking bare knuckle fighting. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, that's I'm going to be in the air traveling to Singapore. And I wish I could watch that one because that's like, I'm sure once I land in Japan, I'm going to see all the fucking highlights, just all <laughs> the blood. That's and the one where you, where there's a fight after school and you gotta see, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, in the bat, dude, right at the basketball court, three thirty, be there. These just two motherfuckers squaring up. Mm-hmm. To see who's mm-hmm. got what. And, and and Michael Van Page is just way bigger than Perry too. Yeah, and and the fact that I, I don't know, I'm just mind blown that he they're both gonna fight because it's just it's just something you don't really see nowadays, especially. You see athletes transition over to bare knuckle fighting. You know, you got John Dotson. He's about to take bare, he's about to do bare knuckle fighting. You have Paige Van Zandt, who's doing bare knuckle fighting, but she's also WWE superstar now. Right. You don't. You see uh, Chad Mendes, who's in bare knuckle fighting. All those guys I just named are all done in mixed martial arts. They're not going back to MMA, or they might go back to MMA, but they have signed their their their, their, their red pink slips or whatever. And they're, never, they're never going back, as we know. Michael Vinny Page is still one of the top middleweights in the world in mixed martial arts, and he's going to try his hand at Baron Oakland fighting against a dangerous fucking opponent who also was in mixed martial arts. 
arts. Not too long ago either. Not too long ago. Like, yeah. Perry's fighting last year, wasn't he? Or was it the year before? Um, I believe it was the year before. I think he had a couple of fights during COVID nineteen. But gotcha. he, he kind of went straight up in, into the bare knuckle fighting. And I mean, you know, he, he like you said, hopefully they're making good money because oh. someone could get busted up. Oh, I heard they're making great money over there. I heard bare knuckle fighting is paying those guys good, 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 good money. Uh, this stream is not presented by nerds, but hey, they're they're, they're giving us the, the content. Nerds of leisure. Nerds, yeah, nerds Maybe, of leisure. Hey, there we go. Nerds holler, <laughs> hey, holler at me. Nerds holler at you boys. We got you. I um, them nerds every day. But uh, I mean, Mike Perry, I mean, the guy is. He's fought with a broken nose. I mean, I think one of my favorite lines of Mike Perry was when he was like, I ain't paying no fucking manager or corner man. I was like, have my girlfriend fucking um, uh, <laughs> corner me. I can just save fucking money. And he goes, and all, all my corner men, all they're going to tell me to do is keep your hands up. Look right. Look left. Throw the right hand. Throw, uh, the, I ain't shit I already know how to do. So I figured I'll just have my girl give me my water. Tell me I look good. She look good. And I'm going to go out there and do my thing. That was my favorite quote that he ever said. When he was fighting mixed martial arts. <laughs> I don't need a I don't need a quarter, man. Oh, five two seven in the building. What's up, baby? What up, five two seven? Um, so yeah, this man, is another big fight I that's mean, going I'm on. Watching this fight, it is vicious. That is bare knuckle boxing is vicious as fuck, dude. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. it's what kind of like you could just break your hand, dude, punching a guy's face. Oh, Oh, one thousand percent. I broke up my hands in mixed martial arts gloves, and I had my hands wrapped. These guys, it's straight bare knuckle. Yeah, yeah. right. It's like, like I think I think my well, yo, I've I, seen him dig into the body. I'm like, it's hurting his fist as much as his body, bro. Damn. Oh yeah. Like Michael uh Michael Perry. Look he, at his eye, God. That, that is a warrior. This man would have survived in the fucking Coliseum days. He would have survived. He would have been right next oh, to absolutely. fucking Caesar himself down with the Lions and the Bears fighting. And I think Michael Venom Page is in him for a rude so awakening. The... Go on, sweetheart. I do too. I, like I said, I the just the spirit that uh, Michael Perry has just, you know what I mean? Like you said, he's an old school dude. Like he would have been fighting in the Coliseum. See him. He would have been busting motherfuckers up in world war two, the fucking medieval era. He would have been a knight. You know what I mean? Like whatever era he was born in, he was going to be fighting some motherfuckers doing some shit. He doesn't care. Yeah. And so, okay. So let me tell you about that. Like what are the rules here? Can you get in a tie clinch or anything like that? Or is this straight boxing rules? No, it's you can do dirty boxing. This is, this is, this is the closest you can get to a street fight just on the feet. Like you can, you know, tie clinch gotcha. and, and uppercut. You can just, dirty box and stuff, but I, you know, obviously no eye gouging, no kicking, shooking, no kicking, no knees, no elbows, just, gotcha. just boxing, man. <laughs> just, just boxing. And you know, like I said, like in that one, uh, Go on. What was that what, what was that movie with uh Bill the Butcher? Bill the Butcher. Well, like I think there's a little bit of delay because remember he he fish he fish hooked McGloin like Oh yeah in, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gangs of America. You ever seen that movie? Yes yes yes. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. I can't believe that's a move. Is a is a fish hook. Yeah yeah yeah. The fish hook is a move. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's gonna be a sick fight. Uh, Michael Page versus uh Mike Perry. That's gonna be an amazing fight. An amazing fight. So if you guys. Can't what catch the that UFC. Uh, that's that's fucking tomorrow. That is tomorrow, brother. Damn, big uh, big day tomorrow for fighting. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's fast forward a week. Let's jump in time. Let's go to the future. Uh. Next Friday, your boy right here, truly mighty, is taking on Adrian Marias again for the one flyweight championship over there in Alliance City, Singapore. Super excited about this fight. 
I'm not going to break down too much of this fight. I'm just going right. to kind of give my thoughts on the fight and what I got to do to go out there and come home with fucking gold. So, well, like you, you started off. I think there's a little bit of the, the delay. That's why I kind of coming in when I, 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 I'm not meaning to, but you go, go ahead. Wait, what, what is your mindset <laughs> coming into this fight? No, nah, you could be, you could be. I know there's a little delay, but sometimes the delays, there, there really isn't it's a delay. Not- no, no, no. So it's only there. It's only there sometimes. I think maybe it's just my connection. Maybe. Yeah. Is that? Is that? I thought you. I thought you hardwired. Google baby. Fiber. I, I got Google Fiber actually. It's oh, you. you need that Cox cable. That's what your boy have. I have Cox out there. No. I have Cox. Yeah, I got Cox. Baby. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I, think, I got that fiber. I, I think this. this well, it's not Google Fiber, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think this fight with Adriano, man. Like I said before, tall, tall flyweight. You know, one, one thirty-five. I think he's five ten, five eleven. Very fucking tall. So there's no, there's no. There's no stranger, you know. He he has a range advantage on your boy, who's five three, dripping in delicious chocolates, you know, listening face skins like butter. I just gotta go out there and fight. You know, I always tell people like there there is there is no game plan. What we try to focus on is what they do very well. And I think the biggest thing he does, if you look at all his fights, is he likes to use a lot of movement. Right, he uses a lot of movement to have his opponents get frustrated and have his opponents overextend and him take advantage of either going underneath with a takedown or, you know, hit him with a check hook. So for me, I've done everything physically possible to get ready for this fight. And I think at the end of, Oh, that's geez. the speed. Look at oh that. my goodness. Oh my gosh. Chris just sent me what the speed is. 860 megabytes per second. Okay. All right. I apologize, Chris. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. It ain't your boy. But, I, I mean, I agree with what you're saying about the fight because people ask me, like, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? I'm like, you don't understand. When you're dealing with, you know, obviously he's a, a heralded champion here and won championship. And you guys have honed your skills where you're at right now. I think it's just going to be coming down to execution, yep. right? Like, you you both have trained as hard. You guys have been to the top of the mountain in your respective sports. On that day who's going to be able to execute and get the game plan and, and get the W. And I think that's all it's going to come down to uh, when you're at your guys's level, you, you know, you're not out working someone, you're not out training someone. They're just as hungry as you. They have a family, right? Everybody has that mentality when you're up at the top of the big dog. So to me, it comes down to now, obviously, you know, you're, there's certain things where, Oh, maybe he's not, you know, people don't have the conditioning like a Conor McGregor or whatever. I don't think, you know, in your guys's case, like, all the way around, you know, you guys have, instead of like Connor, he works on his punching because that's what he's good at. You guys work on the stuff that you might not be good at, right? Because you want, you don't want to have any weaknesses. And so when, when you guys go in there that day, I think this was was, uh, just like it was last time. I, I, I really like how you came out. You know what I mean? You were dictating the action like you always do. That's a signature, I think, of the way that you fight. Like, hey, I'm going to come get it. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to deal with me today, right? And I think that's why um, everyone loves you as a fighter because you're not, you know, you don't do the Jose Aldo like, oh, I'm just going to, uh, uh, let's see how fast he is. Or like, you're gonna, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll take one, you know what I mean? And then the fight could be over very fast against an opponent if they don't respect your speed and your quickness. And you could tell even him, you know, even coming in as heralded as you are, you don't believe it until you're in the ring with a person like yourself when you see how fast and you see like, oh, you know, people aren't wa- don't want to walk this guy down. Like, you, like you're charging them like that. And so I think it catches them off guard um, that when they're in the ring with you, they're like, okay, you know, I, however many rounds there is, if I don't knock this motherfucker out, like this is what's happening for every single round. So um, like I said, we won't spend too much time on it, but uh I know nobody trains harder than you, right? 
I know nobody has the passion harder than you. You know what I'm saying? You'll make me tear up. You'll make me tear up. I mean, hey, at at the end of the day, um, you know, I got my boy, Mighty. Uh, I think having fought a prior time gives you an advantage because you are such a student of the game and you are your hardest critic right nobody was more disappointed than you and then when you go back and you're watching you're like god damn it i'm a dumb you know what i mean whatever it was that you said i don't know but i, I think the fact that you you know you've been in there now you know what i mean for a part two i, I don't think anybody is as intelligent of a fighter while the fight is going on as you are their the ability to adjust to see what they're doing like oh he likes to bring this hand up or he likes to bring the you know we call it the mighty vision where you can see things kind of slowing down just a little bit where and obviously at the pro fight level that you're at um most people have that kind of a deal but like yours to me is just so much better because you can see you're like oh you're already picking up on rhythm and stuff just from one exchange, like, ah, I saw that, you know what I mean? So you're just picking little nuances up of the fighter as you're fighting. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily have that mental tactician game that you bring to it. You tell her to keep her goddamn mouth shut. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to tell her. Hold on one second. No, I'm playing. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. While, while Chris goes handling that, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. Um, a question in the chat. Um, how are you trying... Um, how have you and do you train to get used to different rule set and circuit cage one? I think the biggest thing you can do when it comes to the rule set is I think the biggest one that's different from the UFC to one championship is basically the needs of opponents on a down needs a down opponent. So it's it's you get used to it by just adding into your training, but when you get rocked like I did my last fight, it's kind of hard to prepare yourself to defend the knee to the face when you get knocked out or, or knocked on, right? So I think that's that's where it, the movers it, it are putting the bed in here, I guess. Oh no worries, no worries. Um that that was the biggest thing. But you know, like Chris said, you know, and, and the other question, a circular cage, when you're 135 pounds and you're five three, it don't matter. The cage is is massive. So it's like a fighting in a big voided space. So um, you know, even when I fight in the UFC, when there's an octagon, which is, you know, eight, eight sided shape, you don't really notice a difference. The only time you notice a difference when you actually fight in a ring, because there's four corners and you actually have like a, like a, a thing you could pivot your, your opponent into. So, you know, obviously like Chris said, you know, when it comes to fighting, I like to mix it up. I come forward. As you see in my highlights, I always try to make it exciting. And, you know, if I go out, I'm going on my motherfucking shield because I like to, you know, go out there do great things and try to win this gold. So hopefully next time we're in Nerds of Leisure, we have a big giant gold plated one championship belt on my shoulder and we'll bring it in here to chat and uh, enjoy it. So make sure you guys don't miss this fight. This is going to be live on one championship 161 on one on Amazon Prime. Don't miss it. Uh, I can't wait for it. I was going to say check your local listing, but I'm sure if any of you guys out there who have who shop shop at Amazon Probably have Amazon Prime because you like that same day or next day shipping. So don't miss Alicia Shaman on Amazon Prime. One Prime video. One Prime video. You know they got fucking football on there now on Thursdays? No, you don't? Okay. Well, they got football now on um, Amazon Prime. Jesus. Sorry, it's, it's <laughs> You're <skip>. fucking hair. <laughs> Your hair is all going everywhere. Uh-oh. Back wall. That guy's going to give you a hand job. Watch. Murphy Bay. He's gonna give you a hand job. He goes, hey, hey, hey. I hope so. Okay. Hey, I, I hope so. <laughs>
Just close your eyes, you know. Close your eyes over the best. Close your eyes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn your camera off. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna turn your camera. No, actually, I, actually, I'm just gonna you can leave the audio on if you want. I guess. Yeah, I'll leave the sure. audio on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'll just put like a picture of you. Um, uh, before my fight, before my fight card, we also have another one chip chip card. A lot of people don't know about this man. His name is Tong Lee. And Tong Lee is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous motherfucker. A knockout expert. This guy is absolutely amazing. One of my favorite fighters to watch over in Asia. Um, I didn't, you know, discover him till he started fighting one championship. The guy's an absolute knockout artist. Cool ass guy from America. I think he should have been the co-main event on my card. Because, you know, with Amazon Prime being uh, you know, it's catering to the U.S. audience. I would love for them to have another U.S. Uh, another American athlete on the card instead of having um, Raw Random. But you know, I'm not part of the PR department. I just I just show up and fight. But Tong Lee, if you guys have never seen this man fight, I think you should do yourself a favor and tune into when he fights. He is the, I think he's the lightweight champion. I'm still trying to get used to all the divisions in one championship, but he's a lightweight champion. Yeah, lightweight because he knocked out Martin Nuga for the fight. Lightweight champion, fast on his feet. He's taking on another killer. Uh, I think the guy's name is Kai, Chinese athlete, another striker. This uh, Tong Lee does a, another thing that my opponent does. He uses a lot of movement, a lot of angles to, to capture. The difference between Tong Lee and my opponent is that he actually fucking goes out there and bangs and brings it to his opponent. But Tong Lee, if you guys have never seen him fight, give him a watch. Also, this one is not on Amazon Prime. This one is on the regular... One championship, one FC. Uh, you can watch it on the One Super app, or you can watch it on YouTube. They usually do like a live uh, viewing party where you guys can watch it with the three analysts, whoever's uh, doing it. <clears throat> so, don't miss it. Do you know anything about Tom Lee, Chris? You know anything about Tom Lee? Nope, but I'm gonna watch and find out. <laughs> Look at five two seven. Should have gotten Daniel Kelly on the uh, Kelly on there somewhere too. Well, they have the Amazon Prime. I think it's two or Amazon Prime three card. With Daniel Kelly and Mikey Musumichi taking doing the uh I believe it's the very first world championship grappling premier belt. So but if there's anybody in the chat who wants to raise their beautiful hand, five two seven, we would love to see you, you and your beautiful baby. Raise your hand, we'll get you in here. Okay, I think that's enough about fighting. I think we covered everything of fighting this weekend and next weekend. There's I mean, obviously we got Rotang. Rotang's fighting next weekend. That's gonna be another sick fight. It's for the um, semifinals for the World Grand Prix Muay Thai belt. That's coming up. And then you also have John Haggerty, the general. He's also fighting there too. And then other than that, I don't know if there's anything else going on with fighting. I think I think we covered it, man. I think we covered it. We got UFC, bare knuckle fighting, one championship. I agree. 160 and 161. So uh I I think that's it. I mean that, right there. When, when do you leave? When do you leave for your fight? We leave Saturday. Like tomorrow? Yes, sir. Or next Saturday? No, this Damn. Saturday. We okay. leave, we, okay. we leave this right. Saturday, Who's baby. Who's going out there Saturday. with you? You know, the usual. Me, Destiny. So who's going the, out there with you? Uh, me, Destiny, Caitlin, uh, Matt, uh, James, Tony. And we're going to go out there and, and give it a fucking world, man. We're going to go out there and come home with gold. Like, I am. Hey, man. Team Mighty. I, I'm ready. I'm excited. You ready. You ready. I just want to go out there and, and do what I do best, and that's just fight, you know? Like, Hey, I, that's all you can do. You know what I mean? Go out there, handle your business now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. Uh, that is all of the fights that we hit. Uh, let's get to some nerd shit, man. Let's 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 get back to nerding let's out. Let's, this is what we do here. All right. So, uh, have you checked out the new uh, Disney Plus show that's 
that just came out? The She Hulk. She Hulk. You, you see? It I have. I did not watch an episode. I've been watching that. That Sandman, bro. That Sandman got me. Got me all up in it. Which one you want to do first? You want to break down the Sandman, or you want you well, want to no, talk about the Sandman, well, or you want to talk about She Hulk? No, we can talk about She Hulk. I mean, okay. honestly, I, I haven't watched it because I haven't really been that interested in it. Like, I'm going to watch it, but it wasn't one of those things where like. What came out that I just like, okay, when the Captain America Winter Soldier show came out, like yep. I had to see that show, right? I was like ready for it. But like this came out and I was like, eh, like She-Hulk is not a character that I really connect with, you know? It's a I, fucking I, Hulk, my friend. It's the Hulk, I, but a, a, I, I, a better looking version of woman. I, again, I get it. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't even really read Hulk comics. Like every time the Hulk was there, like he kind of showed up in a comic that I was reading. Mm. Um, but you know, I do know a little bit about She Hulk. Okay, uh, well, let's talk about this. There was a uh, a comic called Old Man Logan. Yep. Okay, I don't know if you read that one, but basically, Hulk, all the Hulks ruled the world. So Hulk and She Hulk had babies, even though they were related, and so they had mm. these hulk kids and they each had a territory of the world spoiler alert one of them just straight up ate ate wolverine mm. ate the motherfucker so mm. i don't know like especially like she hulk attorney at law like that this doesn't sound you know you sound, sound you, 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 you sound like a straight fucking hater that's what you sound like okay all right tell, well tell me did you watch it and absolutely you I, absolutely did watch it when i when i saw that well one i feel like hulk doesn't get enough love in the mcu right i mean obviously Hulk has gone through so many different renditions. I mean, who was the very first Hulk? I, I can't even remember. It, it was the brunette dude. Ferrigno, Dan, Dan Ferrigno or something like that. Yeah, it was him. Well, I, I mean, I mean, the new era of Incredible Hulk. Not not the old school Hulk was legit. Oh, 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 oh. Before, yeah, talking about, um, the gentleman who was before. Edward, Edward Norton. Edward not Norton. him. The guy before Edward Norton. Man, how many Hulk players were there? I don't even know. There was. Well, a here's my other problem: the the MCU Hulk right now is a straight little bitch. No, dude. no, like, no, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me. He finish got his ass whipped by Thanos, and then he just fucking tucked. You him. know, Thanos destroyed half the world, right? You you know yeah, that. That's right? fine. That's that's fine. <laughs> the Hulk's not that mighty no more. Is all I'm saying. Well, I think for me, being a Hulk fan, I feel like Hulk has never got the the movie it deserved. Its own solo movie, right? You know, there was a gentleman before Edward Norton, um, and then Hulk just kept going back and forth. It was this ath- it was this actor. Then it goes to Edward Norton. Then now we have Mark Ruffalo, who's been Hulk for the last, I think, ten years. I mean, mm-hmm. he he kind of made his debut. I believe it was on uh, when he sh- I think it was Avengers, right? Was that the first um, time he made let's his? See. They had Iron Man. Iron Man, yep. And then they they kind of teased the Black Widow stuff in the Avengers. Yep, I want to say yeah, it was in the Avengers or like like maybe that Captain America prior. Gosh, I don't know. Let me see. I feel I feel like that was the first time he showed himself as a Hulk, which was when he was Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo was that was when he made his first debut as the Hulk. Um, ever since then, he has not had his own solo movie to begin with. Right with those other guys, they did so. Here you have a, such a big figure, a Hulk, getting so many different actors being tossed around. I don't even know who owned, you know. Uh, yeah, it was the Avengers, 2012 Avengers. Yeah, movie. so that was the first time he made his appearance as the Incredible Hulk. Now he's been the Hulk for ten years. So, I think for me, I've been a big Hulk fan, and I think with them doing She Hulk, 
I actually enjoyed the very first episode. I think uh, to be able to see the Hulk in away from the Avengers and be his own thing, even though the, the show isn't based on around Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, it's you know his cousin uh, Jennifer Walters mm-hmm. as She Hulk. I love the first episode. The kids loved it. Uh, Tanith loved it. Um, I'm changing Tanith's name from fucking Miss Her to She Hulk. Because when, okay, she, okay. because when she was watching, she was like, Rawr! <laughs> I respect it. Hey, so, I respect Well, see, here's the other thing is like, since we're, it's like an MCU thing, think sometimes things bother me. Like, where's she been the whole time? Like, what, like, all of a sudden, like, Hulk's just going to go visit his cousin who's a Hulk, or like, what, you know what I mean? Like, how's it been 15 years? We ain't heard nothing about this lady. That's, that's why I'm just like, uh, and I will agree with you that they have not done the Hulk justice in the MCU. He hasn't had a standalone property. Um, and they've kind of just used him as, you know, more of a gimmick or Hulk, big Hulk smacks. Right. And then they basically escalated down from that. And now that he's like, Oh, I'm intelligent, but I'm also strong. Right. And the Hulk has always been about just straight rage and you know what I mean? Like yep. beating motherfuckers up. So yep. I would like to see a little bit more Hulk doing Hulk stuff. To me, he's just like a little sidekick buddy in this. But and again, I haven't seen the show. Just from what I've seen, I'm just like they're just using Hulk just you know for a few laughs and stuff. And and it, it irritates me because Hulk deserves much better. No, it's well, she, of course she didn't watch it, Batman. Mini. You here, ladies and gentlemen, if you if you're listening to this podcast or if you're watching the stream or whatever, however you're listening to this. Our good friend Batman Benny, big staple of the, uh, of the Mighty Squad for a very long time. This motherfucker never even seen the Predator, and when I actually, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure if I donated money to him or I or I dropped like I think 15 bills to him so he can watch it on go Amazon it. to go get it. And he said that was probably one of the worst fucking movies I've ever watched in my life. I was like, oh my god, what? Yeah, he said wow. Predator One with Arnold was horrible, but no surprise there, no surprise there, Batman Benny. I'm sure you haven't seen She Hulk, but it. It is a a good 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 show. I think I think people are gonna like it. And I'm kind of curious to see what they're gonna do with uh, the show. Like I I have a feeling that at one point they're gonna make all the Avengers women, right? Because you have Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel. Uh, I agree. You have uh, you have the Wasp. I've starting to see they're gonna take down that route. Where it's gonna be all women, all woman team, which is good because oh. I I think empowering women because they're one of the most powerful species in this world in this planet. I think them doing that is gonna be amazing. So I think She Hulk. I think I think when you watch it, you're gonna love it. I think all you guys, when you give it the opportunity to watch it, you're gonna love it as well. As much as I did, I did plan on watching it this weekend. But like, it was just one of those because the first episode just came out a couple days ago, right? Yesterday. Yesterday. Okay, gotcha. So, um, yeah, I like I said, I'm gonna watch it because like when you saw, I just saw that preview and they had um Abomination, you know. So they're gonna have a lot of little tie-ins to the Hulk, which mm. obviously I'm going to enjoy. Um, you saw they had the guy from Wong from Doctor Strange. And mm-hmm. so I, I think at the end of the day, I will enjoy it because obviously it ties to the bigger universe. Yep. It's just, you know, if it was the new Wolverine show, like I would watch it the second it came out, you know. So we'll have, we'll, we will have to see. Like I don't doubt that I will like it, but um, yeah. So I wasn't rushing to see it. So I, I'll, I'll let you know. That's okay, baby. That's if okay. the girls are going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The other one. That just came out, and Chris, you are in the process of watching it, or are you finished yes. it? Yes. No, no, no. You already done? Oh, hell yeah, I'm already done with that oh, show. Oh, Lord. Yeah, well, like, because, like, when it first came out, I was already in the middle of watching something different, mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't watch it right away, so I'm, like, on episode, she she just beat the devil, 
or okay. he just beat the you know Lucifer, Lucifer, Lucifer Lightbringer. So I mean, it's a dope ass show. I'm loving it. I don't really like the main character that much. Come on, now. he kind of is like I don't know. He just he seems like an emo guy. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm the fucking king of nightmares, and I need my stuff back. Like, bitch, shut your ass up and go get your shit. Like, well, God, if you man. if you guys don't know what show we're talking about, we're talking about the Sandman. It is basically Neil Gaiman's. Uh, New Gamey Sandman. It's a Netflix adaptation of it. Uh, I believe it's nine episodes of it. And the Sandman. Uh, so my first uh, introduction to the Sandman when I was a kid was actually a horror movie. Um, you guys can take a look on it. Um, I believe it was a horror movie back in the 90s. Basically, the Sandman, he would sprinkle dust in into children's eyes. And when he would sprinkle the dust into children's eyes, they would go to bed have long right. long dreams but uh that was the scary movie version of the sandman this is the superhero version of the sandman based in a dc universe so mm-hmm. with this movie excuse me this netflix show i'm not gonna give any spoilers of it because chris is still going through it but man it is an amazing adaptation of the the books the comic books and if you guys have an opportunity to watch it it's absolutely amazing. Batman Benny, I think you will fucking love it because I know how you love different things. And yeah, I'll bad taste. He ain't gonna like that. <laughs> Benny had terrible taste. How can you say a man who don't like the predator gonna like anything? He probably fucking eats chocolate and spits that shit out like ugh, gross. Damn. You gonna do Benny like that, huh? You do Benny just like that, huh? <laughs> um, no, I mean like I, I I liked it. You could tell there's actually a production budget on it, right? So it looks good. The special effects that they do, they look good. Um, the acting is, is really good. They got some people in there that, um, you know, they spent a lot of money to make sure the show didn't suck and it shows. So the main character kind of is a little, like a little bitch to me. Sometimes I'm like, bro, what does that mean? The king of nightmares, you know, but Come or on. king of dreams, excuse me. So but. here, here, I'll, I'll go ahead and give it. This is not a spoiler. So, um, mm-hmm. in the beginning, they're called the endless, right? And then the endless, there was, I think. I think there's eight of them. There's the King of Dreams, <clears throat> King of Dreams, excuse me, Dreams, Despair, uh, Pain or Agony or something like that, right? Uh, no, Dreams, Despair, uh, Death. Um, what was the other one? Despair, Desire. Um, right. And then there's a couple more, but the, the main ones in this in this one is Death, Despair, Dreams, and Desire, and so. They're called the endless. So when the world was created, they had the endless, the endless people, uh, or the endless beings. And as you watch the show, you would see they cross over each other, and they're all one big family. But the biggest thing is that they said they were never going to spill blood. Like one can't attack the other one, right? That one cannot uh, interfere with other others' affairs, right? And so as you watch the show, you're going to see it and how it goes, but. Yeah, that's why he's like, I'm the king of the dreams. Like at nighttime, I'm the one who sees your dreams and how he can jump to people's dreams because it's his world, right? And then that's where right. he made, and that's where he made the Corinthian, which is you saw the guy who goes around. He made him as a nightmare, and then mm-hmm. he has an, he has he makes those things. Whereas despair and desire, they feed off of when people have desire or when they have despair. And then you have death. Death feeds off of when everybody dies. You know, she her her job is to go collect the souls when they're ready to die. So 
as you watch it, you're going to see more of it. And I think, you're, you're, obviously, you're loving it now. You're going to even love it more when it gets... I think the ending of it could have been a lot better. But I think uh, they did a great job. And they're setting it up for season two. Yeah. I mean, like, the ending of shows like that, uh, it's very hard to end stuff. You know what I mean? So, I'm usually disappointed in the endings like you. But, yeah, I'm I'm pretty... Uh, I feel like right now, is, you know, he just kind of got his shit back. So, he's ready to rock and roll and start, you know, doing some stuff. But I like how they throw in other characters from just general fantasy it's not really a spoiler for you guys but you know they had the constantine family in there and everybody knows what you know about constantine if you haven't seen the keanu reeves movie he's you know they're outside of the keanu reeves movie you know constantine is um kind of like um like a hero throughout history like a van helsing type right you just so when you see that bloodline the the tie-ins are are really cool and I could, t- I-, I could tell it's just getting ready to, like, you know, take off and dude's about to start fucking shit up. Yeah, it gets good. Um, <clears throat> so if you guys haven't seen The Sandman, go give it a, a go, give it a watch. Once Chris finishes uh, the series, we'll break that down and give um, a review of it and what we thought about the movie. Um, another one that's coming out is, uh, what is it called? The Game of Thrones. Oh, shit, you got the mighty YouTubes there. Okay, yeah. hey, don't, 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 don't sell it on eBay now. No, no I would never, sir. I would never. <laughs> Uh, we have the Game of Thrones spinoff. I, I don't oh. I don't know how. I, I, I mean, that starts. I'm actually kind of fucking pissed off because over in Singapore, there is no goddamn HBO Go or HBO oh, Max. That's right. It's locked. It's it's, it's country locked. It's over country there, huh? locked over there. So I, I can't I can't watch it. So I have to watch the first episode when I get back. But I'm looking forward to it. If it's anything like the first few seasons of Game of Thrones, then I think we're in for a treat. If it's anything like the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. I think we should take Batman Benny's approach and not fucking watch it. No, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, you got to remember, like, the, the last couple of seasons, the reasons they weren't that great is he wasn't fucking done with the books. You know what I mean? So, like, the previous writings and stuff is all completed work that he had already done. And, of course, you know, they caught up to where he was. And George R. R. Martin is one of those people who's like, I'll fucking do it when I fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like, mm. He, it's one. Of, I think it's a process for him where it's like he has to be inspired and be in a certain place to get there, and he's not going to just phone it in and just I'm going to write the shit to write the shit. So, you know, there's a lot of artists like that where you know it comes to them, and then they kind of get it out of their system by writing it out or whatever. They can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to make up this whole story and blah blah blah. So, I think the story wasn't complete. And what George R. R. Martin gave them was just basically like the cliff notes. Like this is probably what are the way I see things going, you know, or whatever. And he had a general idea how he wanted to end it. But the, a lot of that stuff was because they're having the HBO writers fucking just fill in the gaps. And so I, um, I, I hear the books are going to be a lot different. So when they come uh, out. I don't who, think they're out yet. Who knows if the books can come out? How old is J.R. Martin? Is he fucking old? I don't, I mean, I don't think he has a healthy diet. I mean, he's not diet. young. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was so say, and, uh, I, I think I think HBO creators are like fuck it, we're gonna have to go do this ourselves because he's not gonna be able to get it done in time. So, uh, I don't know. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, it's good. Um, I saw a quote the other day, a review that says there's not a lot of whole bunch of sex scenes like the original ones, and I was like, well, the sex scenes weren't that bad. I mean, that's what they did back in the days: get all that loving and gut because there was no HIV and AIDS back in the day. So they were just sticking it in whoever and whenever. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm reading right now. It says the the House of the Dragon is not based on the Game of Thrones. 
novels. So there is going to be a difference, um, you know, because it was based on the Song of Fire and Ice and that whole little thing. Yeah. Um, it says the House of the Dragon is based on George R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood. Mm. So is the book? Says, so, so are the books already is, done then? Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. The the book and stuff that they're doing now are this, you know, what they're going with this Targaryen storyline is already done. It's already fleshed out. Now I don't know if it's like completed. Um, you know, like okay, so it says blah blah blah. blah. Uh, 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 I guess this one is not um is not a main part of the Game of Thrones. Instead, is a uh, a book detailing major events that took place hundreds of years before that stuff. Mm. Uh, it's more of a history textbook than a novel. So, okay, I guess maybe um, this was a one-off that they did on basically the history of the House of um, Targaryen, um, which is actually kind of cool. That means it's already completed and done. Um, whatever is going to happen, because when you're watching Game of Thrones, like you're watching it. And that is the present as far as the show is concerned. This is what's happening right now. This, yeah, what we're watching, we're, we're about to watch right now is going to be something that's already been done. Like, it just yes. is the past. So, this as, a, a, as a, according to Game of Thrones, this is, you know, the past and it's already done. So, I don't think there's going to be that much writing on this. I don't think you're going to, you know, they'll probably have a little bit of the White Walker stuff, but if you saw, um, kind of what threw things off the rails is you know they built up to this big white walker thing you remember the first three seasons it was basically just about medieval shit yeah you know people fucking people up and, you know? and, and, and winter is coming winter yeah, is they, coming right they would always have those little things like hey there's a little bit more that's going on but once they started really opening up that thing i think that's when a lot of the problems of the show started to happen because then everybody had to just fast forward from where they were at so they could all end up in the same place to fight the white walkers so Everyone, you know, when they were all spread out, they all had their own little things going on. But they're like, oh, shit, we only got like one year left. We all got to get to fucking Westeros, you know? And so I think that's where a lot of the show kind of faltered is everything was so rushed. And, you know, you would see a season where it would take a guy, you know, a whole fucking season. Oh, season, season get just there. To get up to the wall, yeah, you know, yeah. just to go north, and then all of a sudden they're just like, boom! Oh, we're zipping up over here. Like, all right, we're here. Like, what the fuck? We didn't, didn't even take a whole episode, and you already went to here and back. Yeah, I think that's one of the kind of made it like that, that. That realism, how long it takes to actually travel by horse or by boat, right? That's what kind of gave it, came it, kind of gave it that mystic. So, um, I don't, I, I, I'm hopeful, man. I'm hopeful that the Game of Thrones, you know, House of Dragons is great because I love watching. You know, people play out their fantasies on 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 the big screen or on the, the streaming platforms because it just gives you content to watch, right? And you know, with the Sandman, the House of Dragons, She Hulk, those three things that are just coming out right now, um, it's gonna keep your boy here busy because the last show I watched was uh with Marty and a fucking uh what was that movie that show where he was laundering the fucking money in uh, um, Ozarks Ozarks. Ozarks. I love that. that. Probably stressing you out. Too, I love though. that fucking show. I love <laughs> Wendy Bird. I love her. She's bad bitch. Yeah, she's bad Wendy, bitch. Yeah, Wendy Bird did not play that shit. Bro. Uh-huh. And Marty's just like, I just don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, Wendy. You know, I, I I can get a lot of stuff done. You know, fucking backstabbing you. And he goes, "What are you talking about, Marty? I'm not doing. That. I'm doing everything you told me to do." 
Yeah, bro, but I felt bad for Marty. I'm like, God damn, Marty, bro. Like, hey, you married her. You knew damn well what was going on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, like, and then his son starts fucking getting into laundry, and you're just like, oh, my God. Like, what is going on? Like, the show is wild and crazy. That was one of my favorite shows in the last 10 years for sure. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's all the shows. All right, let's drop into the gaming world. I think the biggest thing that is that I saw on the headlines in the gaming world was – Batman Benny's probably gonna have a hard one here, so you better get some napkins, Batman Benny. Was Call of Duty Call of Duty beta leaked? I saw that it's getting leaked. Once again, another year, brand new Call of Duty coming out. I don't know what to expect from this Call of Duty, but I feel like I need to play it. Right? Well, let's let's talk about. It. I think Call of Duty. What makes me sad about Call of Duty is one, it's gotten away from like. It's predecessors, right? Yeah. It's got away from its predecessors. Call of Duty was all about Team Deathmatch, Round War, Search and Destroy, Kill Confirm. Now Call of Duty is all based around the Battle Royale scene, right? Yep. Battle Royale. They skipped a year, Benny. Fuck, it seems like they come out with every new every new one every six fucking months. So I'm sorry. So they skipped a year uh, from what Benny's saying. But it's like I don't think they did. I think they, like you said, I think once Warzone came out, they just kept doing the Warzone updates. And yeah, they didn't drop a whole new game um, because the, the the last Modern Warfare was an absolute joke with the World War II shit. Mm. And like you said, they stopped doing what they do good. And they, you know, Fortnite and all these other games were the biggest thing since sliced bread. And so they basically said, OK, we're just a battle royale game now. Yeah. And I think the things that I liked about COD was the multiplayer, you know what I mean? All those little, the streaks and all that stuff. And they try to incorporate that, but to me, it's just been a jumbled fucking mess since they started the Battle Royale stuff. Well, I think it hasn't been a jumbled mess because it has given us a different version of Call of Duty, I guess you can say. I just don't like how now everything, like, yeah, like I'm basically repeating what you said, is them doing all the new stuff. Like, the game runs smooth. I will give that to Call of Duty. It always runs smooth. It always looks fucking good with the guns and stuff. But when it comes to just, I, I think right here, this is called, I don't know what Call of Duty this This is Call of Duty Modern Warfare it looks like. Yeah. So there, yeah. Is, there is no Call of Duty, uh, the new one that's coming out, uh, gameplay. This trash. But <laughs> the game has always been fun. But I don't know. It's just something. I, I just feel like Call of Duty just misses something. Like, could you imagine, I feel like, could you imagine Call of Duty being, like, Escape from Tarkov? Like, Escape from Tarkov was, like, Call of Duty, like, how fast it moves and how smooth it was. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the biggest thing I feel. Like, with Call of Duty, it's fun, but there's no risk or reward for something. Like, you get 25 kills, you're calling out a fucking, you know, a chopper, you die, you respawn, it's super fast. You play Call of you play Psycho Frontier, you play Escape from Tarkov, you fucking die, you're fucking mad. But in this game, when you die, it's more of like an arcade style. That's that's a good way I'm gonna play yeah. Call of Duty. It's, it's an arcade. Absolutely. It's an arcade style first person shooter. It, it's I don't want to you know I won't even call it hardcore. I would call it arcade style. No. It's very yeah, chaotic. You're jumping around, you're sliding, and you know it's very like Mountain Dew on crack type ADD shit. You know. Yes. That's the perfect example where the stakes just don't feel as high. Like you said, you die, you respawn, you come back, you die, you respawn, and even in the battle royale, like you die, you just load back in. There's no, you know what I mean? Like there's no tension in the game anymore. Yeah. It's just you play and like yeah, when you die, you get pissed off, but it's like whatever. That like when you're comparing it to a Tarkov or a Cycle, and again, I think. That is going to be the next big 
space is that loot extractor because it does summon those feelings inside of you where you're, you know, you're tense, like, fuck, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And, you know, when you can give somebody, when you can like create those, those type of moments within a game, you get addicted to those, you know what I mean? To get in the runs again now. And all of a sudden you just have that big release. Like, oh shit. I got out with that fucking gun. You know, people were throwing grenades at me and I barely made it out. There's a satisfaction that money can't buy, you know, and without that experience in a call of duty right now, it, to me, it's just not very exciting. Like you said, I don't, the, the stakes aren't high. The way that they do the guns irritates me because what they'll do is they'll make a gun overpowered. And then the only way you can do it buy it at first is through the new, you know, purchase shit through the store. So mm-hmm. it's it just, I don't know. They, they've lost their way for yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, according to Batman Benny, he says that they're going to have a new mode. It's just like Escape from Tarkov in the new Ooh. Call of Duty. So we'll, we'll have to keep our eye out from that. Hopefully next episode, Benny, when I get back from Singapore, we'll get you in here to give us more of a breakdown, have you co-host the show with yeah, where us. Where was Ryland? I just realized. Um, I, just I, told, I told Ryland I wanted to just do just me and you this time, just so okay. I want to see how it is. You know, we're still yeah. we're still uh, testing out um, Zeke. which This has been great. I think the only thing we're missing right now in it, in the shows it's just the audience to be honest with you i think yep. you know me, well that's what we're here trying to do build the audience you know what I mean? build the audience have people know what we're doing um this will be on podcast because i am actually recording the audio itself i'm gonna send this to our boy rylan he's gonna get on a podcast and we'll be able to you know listen to our podcast i'll try to push that out as well and you know to get other people's feedback of how the show is and i feel like we cover Absolutely. everything but the one thing i would say joe rogan said he goes you don't worry about what people want to hear you just fucking talk about what you want to talk about People either yep. come or they won't. So at the end of the day, we just doing what we do best, baby, and that's just nerd out. Absolutely, and and he's absolutely right about that because there's you have to find your audience. You can't be like, oh, we're gonna talk about basketball, and then we're gonna talk about the Olympics, and then we're gonna be talking about ballet, and then we're gonna be talking about you know, you can't get everybody involved. You have to be yourself, and you're the content, and you're gonna attract the people. Um, that are your people, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a big believer in that too. You know what I mean? Like the things that we like and the, and what we represent, there's a big community out there that I think um, is just like us yep. nerds. Yep. Um, a quick question. That's enough about call of duty. Hopefully next time when we, when we do this stream, hopefully we can get Batman Benny here. I would like to call him the, the, the call of duty expert in Absolutely. our, in our community. Cause that man loves playing call of duty. Like it's not never going, I'll jump on discord and I'll see him. Oh, there's Batman Mini playing Call of Fucking Booty again. I know I was you like, know. Oh, this man needs to play Soccer Frontier. Hopefully, I hope you got stock by now. Goddamn. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, Batman Mini next time. I think the wipe of Psycho Frontier is in 20 days now. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I think I think I'm gonna do um, a Psycho Frontier uh, wipe day on uh, Twitch where I'm just gonna stream. You know, probably like four or five hours on. Hey, Twitch let me that. know because we need to hit it hard too, people. We know all the spots. Yep, we're going right spot. to the good map, mm-hmm. and we're fucking we getting the good shit. Good shit. Uh, let me right. think. Uh, another game that uh, came out. We talked about it last week. Tower of Fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. So I know you have about you level twenty five in it. You've been playing more yep. uh, game into it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm level twenty five. I I kind of took a backseat because Madden came out this week. Oh, how's that? But to me, how's Madden? It's actually pretty fucking good. I don't want to jinx it. You know me, I I hate this motherfucking game, but they came out <laughs> with a new um, skill gap, basically, they call it. So now instead of throwing the ball and he throws the ball, you can create 
like a first person shooter, there's a reticle Mm -hmm. and you can move it when you're throwing to throw it like a real quarterback would like, Oh shit, there's people in front of him. I got to throw it behind him to the left. Right. Ah. But you know, like you can fuck up the throw super easy. If you're, if you're not, you know, if you're not a good shooter and you shoot, like you throw away behind him, it's incomplete or it's intercepted or something like that. So it's adding a new wrinkle into the game that most people don't, don't know what to do with. I feel like that would be physically impossible. Not physically impossible. Obviously you're doing it, but I feel like that would be extremely fucking hard where you're like, Ugh. it's so hard. <laughs> well, I feel like when you said that, I feel like you would have to lead your runner to the ball, right? So those guys in front of him, I mean, if you throw the ball behind him, it's not like your, your wide receiver is just going to cut fucking back and go for the ball. Right. Or will, or does, no, he will like, Oh wow. The, the receiver reacts to the ball where you're throwing it. So say like, this is my guy right here. Yep. And there's a guy behind him. Yep. I could throw it low right in front of him and he'll come back and get it. Or let's say oh. he's trailing. My guy's running this way and he's trailing here. Yep. And there's a guy here. Yep. Again, you could just throw it low or like say he gets behind a guy. You can loft it over the guy's head. But the, it, what makes it difficult is, okay, when you're doing a first person shooter, you have free form reticle and you're just moving it around wherever you want to shoot. 100%. It doesn't. It doesn't activate until you hit L2 and you pick your receiver. And then there's that small little window where you can move that thing around and then it closes. So it's like a split second thing where when you hold down and okay. And the way that the button works, like if you tap the button, he throws a lob pass. If you hold it down, he throws it super hard. And if you kind of just hold it like a medium pressure, Mm. he does what's called a touch pass. So within those windows of those passes, you have to be able to move the reticle and there's just like a quick meter that goes up. So it's just adding a new wrinkle to the game that people are really um, enjoying. But to go back to Tower of Fantasy, I like to have games where I don't have to hear the sound. So I can just put on a Netflix or, you know, put on an audiobook or a podcast and I can just kind of do my thing. So like with the Cycle Frontier, obviously you have to be locked in. You got to hear everything, right? Yep. And sometimes I want to play, but I'm not really trying to just fucking zone the fuck in with that and i don't want to hear you know the sound where a tower of fantasy it's an mmo and i can just grind and have some music on and chill it's very like i said it's free to play i still think it's a really really good game um it's getting a lot of flack because it's there's another game called genshin impact and it's it's literally i don't know how they're not getting fucking sued <laughs> see that's why i didn't see i was trying to do some research on tower of fantasy so i was like you know what you know, I, I just, you know, finished the uh, Fortuna Pass. So I got all, I got level 100. Oh, yeah. And so with the wife coming in 20 years, like, I was like, you know what? I'm about to go to Singapore. So I'm trying to think of a mm-hmm. game I'm going to play when I'm over in Singapore. So I was looking at, you know, Tower of Fantasy. It's free to play. And I was like, okay, do we want to play Tower of Fantasy? The game looks great. The the graphics looks amazing. But I was like, I feel like the storyline is lacking depth for me. Like, I feel like I would play it and I feel like I'll be empty where... You know, typically if you play Chrono Trigger, you play Final Fantasy VII, you play Diablo II, whatever it may be, you're going to feel some type of connection with the game itself. So I'm right. trying to figure out a game what to play. And I was looking at um, Tower of Fantasy, and that's where everybody says that this game is identically to Genshin Impact. They're like, if you play Genshin Impact, you're basically playing Tower of Fantasy. And I was like, you know what, let me ask Chris. You know, he's, he's I recommend like, it for you because since you haven't played Genshin Impact, and here was the problem with Genshin for me. It wasn't an MMO, right? It basically you once you, you got capped at a certain area, yep. you're just grinding the dungeons and like the open world stuff kind of died. Yeah. This basically took that part of Genshin and says, okay, we're gonna take this and we're gonna put it in an MMO setting. So I think you'll like the story because there's no frame of reference for you. Um, the combat is so fun. Like 
basically what ends up happening is you get these chain reactions from the combat. So in Genshin, they use characters, and each of the you switch to a character, and he's like a water guy with a bow. Yep. This one, the the characters are the weapons, so you can choose any of the characters when you pull them, but you're just switching out the weapons that have these properties on it. So I'm doing an electric shock, and then I switch to another weapon, and every time you hit someone, the meter goes full on a weapon, so it gets charged up. Mm. So once you're charged up and you switch, it automatically has a, a combustion. Uh, action that like blows shit up and it's very aerial combat like the combat itself is fun like sometimes it's got the breath of the wild aspect Mm. where i could just roam it's so fucking big open world where i don't even have to do the quest or anything and i could just and there's little treasure chests and shit and puzzles all over the place as well so if you want to go breath of the wild on it and not do the quests you can just roam and have so much shit to do so i think for you the fact that you haven't played genshin and honestly the only reason i even played it is because I did like Genshin, right? Mm. And I just kind of got burnt out on Genshin Impact because it was just like, okay, I'm not going to invest any money into this game just so I can grind out the dungeons and get A pluses on them, right? Because it was it wasn't an MMO; it was open world. And then you go into these dungeon these instance uh, little dungeons to see if you can get the top score or whatever. Where so they took that thing and slapped it in an MMO, and I'm like, oh man, I always wish that it was actually an MMO because you know MMOs are just the way that they're layered is that they just give you stuff to do constantly and you go through and um, yeah, I, 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 I would give it a run, give it a couple hours. I think the story, cause they do have a story and I, I, I follow it and watch it and it is um, you know, it's nothing like revolutionary or whatever, but I think, I think overall you would get enjoyment. It'd probably be the perfect game for you to play while you're over in Singapore because you can just slap on the headphones and just veg, you know, and fight. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll give it a gander. I'll, I'll take a look. So, man, I think that's everything we have time for today, brother. I mean, I love it. I love it. I went cut, two minutes over. My bad. So, no, no, babe. no, you're not, baby. As the stream is actually, you know, two to four, but I think hour and a half. I I always have to try to give us, you know, two hours just to make sure oh, yeah, we cover everything. Hour and a half is yeah. It, it yeah, seems yeah, we, it we seems like the perfect, thing. right? But I like you know you get to tell the boss upstairs like, hey, baby, I need to go from two to four. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna make oh, sure I I'm in a time. I don't want to. You know, don't let her know the Nasdaq's down too, bro. Two percent. It's okay. It's okay. We, we're in a long term. We're in a long term <laughs> game, baby. I don't need the money. I'm just putting the money. If I put the money in the bank, I'm gonna get like zero zero point one one. You know, well, yeah. This, see, like that's the thing people don't understand is like, oh my like, bro, you can't look at that. You can't look at that on the best day and be like, oh, I'm fucking rich. And you can't look that on the worst day and be like, oh, I don't got no money. <laughs> you put that in there, right, as a long term investment. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about that money. Like, if you want to look at it, fine, but don't be like, oh, the sky's falling or like, oh, I'm cashing out. You put that money there for a reason. So exactly. it makes you more money and you don't have access to it. Exactly, exactly. Uh totally agree with you. Alright, so GG's baby. Um uh, we will not we will not be live next Friday, ladies and gentlemen. We will, I will be in the cage fighting my ass off for that gold belt. But the following Friday when we get back, we'll try to get we'll try to keep this on a normal schedule. Um every Friday or two times a month. Try to push you guys out some uh, fresh content covering all the new games that we find interesting that we might think some of you guys might like it. Fucking Chris right here looking like fucking Lloyd from fucking <laughs> Dumb and no, Dumber. <laughs> hey, I got my Nirvana going on, bro. Or Nirvana. Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. So. I wish I was like Benny. <laughs> <laughs> Easily amused. But all right, baby. GG's. All right, Good baby. Today, GG's. Uh, make sure you guys, um, you know, hit like, subscribe to youtube channel friends. i'm I'm gonna try to put this on youtube on the the mighty gaming channel and see how it looks there 
Uh, thank you to Zekin for giving us the opportunity to stream on uh, their platform. And thank you to the viewers who showed up to watch uh, the podcast. And if you guys are listening to this on Spotify, I truly appreciate you guys as well. We will see you guys next time when we get back home from Singapore. And then hopefully, Batman Benny, you can come in here and give us your expertise on why we should all be excited for the next Call of Booty that's coming out. So, ciao, everybody. Ciao.